So let's talk about the scriptures and the shepherds and the role they play in this story. We're talking about your favorite characters. Hope you entered that in there just so that we could feel like we're connected somehow um, online when we're not connected in the body and in the building. The shepherds, that part of the Christmas story is a snapshot of how God always works. In fact, this unique moment God works is typical of every moment that God works. Let me say that again. We've put it up on the screen for you. This unique moment God works is typical of every moment that God works. So let me read again their portion. It says, In the same region as Bethlehem, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear, with great fear, great awe. They were kind of overwhelmed by that. Here's the snapshot of how God always works. This sense that this is a unique moment, but it's typical of every moment that God works. So here's a snapshot. God always sends a messenger with a message. Whether you're in the Garden of Eden where he's the messenger, whether you're the Apostle Paul and he shows up and he's the messenger, always God works with a messenger who comes with a message. All kinds of messengers. Angels here, one angel here who comes. He comes suddenly, he comes out of, of nowhere, which is one of the reasons it seems like the shepherds are totally caught off guard. There's really one commentary that says whenever the invisible God breaks into the visible world, people are shaken and unnerved by that, and the shepherds are no, ex no exception to that. Think of this, you've got the shepherds. Now, in our story, in our understanding, that's a, that's a sweet part of the story. We know them, we like them, we got our little sheep around. In Jesus' day, that would have been crazy that they would have been part of the story. You didn't hang around with shepherds. They were considered by the rabbis to be perpetually unclean. They were always around sheep. They had to care for sheep. Sheep were very much a hands-on animal, so you would never be clean. The rabbis said that they were at the low, low level of the social ladder. In fact, the only ones who were below shepherds were tax collectors and dumb collectors. Put that in your, th put that in your thing. You weren't allowed to buy milk, wool, or a lamb from a shepherd because the rabbi said more than likely it had been stolen. In fact, the shepherds were called official sinners. The Pharisees had designated that there were certain people, tax collectors and others, who were just official sinners. They weren't people like maybe you and I that happen to sin once in a while. They were official. Now listen to what Jesus says, because that fits right into his coming and into his plan, into his message. Because why a shepherd? The rabbis would have been so offended by that, and they were offended by that his whole career. And so at one point in chapter 5 in Luke, it says, And the Pharisees and their scribes grumbled to his disciples, saying, Why do you eat and drink with tax collectors and sinners? Damn, why are you down there? And Jesus answered them, Those who are well have no need of a physician, but those who are sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. So the shepherds, people like the shepherds, Jesus is just saying, that's why I've come. So the fact that they were at my birthday celebration, that just makes total sense. Here's a messenger with a message to certain people. Now take that in. You've got shepherds, who the culture said were at the very low end, and you have angel, an angel, who is really a step below the Lord. He's Angels, we inhabit heaven, they serve God, they're in his presence, there they are. And here you are, these two extremes, 
in that one moment. But God always has one, he always has one purpose, and he always does things exactly on purpose. And so here comes the messenger with a message. He's making a point. Another part that you always see God do whenever God does anything, here's the next part of this snapshot, is that messengers tell good news. Messengers always tell good news. If there's a messenger, then there's a message from God. And if it's a message from God, it's always good news. And I know I need to pick up those of you who say, wait a minute, Noah's news wasn't that good. Uh, other people's news wasn't that good. But whenever there's bad news, God always has an element of good news with that. Noah preached over 100 years, the Bible says. What did he preach about? He didn't preach that judgment is coming and it's too late. He preached that judgment is coming, so turn, turn from God, or turn to God. Jonah goes into the wicked, wicked city of Nineveh, and what's his message? In 40 days, Nineveh will be destroyed. But people turn from their sin and turn to God, and he forgives them. He's, he's amazed. Jonah's amazed by that, but that's our God, the merciful. Whenever it's a message from God, it's a message of good news. And isn't that exactly what the, what the angel says to the shepherds? Don't be afraid, for I bring you great news, good news, great joy. What a package that is. Whenever there's a message, it's, for, it's good news. Whenever there's a message, if it's going to be good, if it's going to be meaningful, it will go from whoever to you. Now, the story goes along and it tells you about these sheep, about these shepherds. It says in verse 9, angel Lord appeared to them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. The angel said to them. But here comes the message. And it goes from them to, do not be, don't be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clubs and lying in a manger. See, the message is, is good news. Messengers tell good news that's for you. It's for you. That's important for those of you that wrestle with, I just think I've done too much. I think it's been too long. I want to, I want to reach out to those of you that might have walked away from your faith somewhere along this journey that wonder whether God's too angry with you or too frustrated with you, whether it's been too long, whether you've been gone too far. No, the message is always good news. always has the opportunity for you to come back heard recently just of a woman who just resisted and resisted the offer Jesus was making of salvation. And then in her last day, opened her heart to that and humbled herself. That's the mercy of, of our loving God. It's always good news. There's always hope, even in the midst of bad news. The gospel itself starts off with bad news. We recognize that we're sinners standing in the face of judgment of God. But then it takes us to this great news that Jesus has taken the penalty of sin upon himself, if we'll allow him to do that. What's their good news? Well, a Savior is born for them. The Savior that Isaiah talked about, from to you is born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. It would echo back to Isaiah chapter 9. For unto us a, a, son is, a child is given, a son is born. I might have flipped that over. The government will be upon his shoulder, and he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Well, someday I'll get that, I'll get that together. 
It's good news. It ties to Old Testament looking forward to good news. There's a peace with God, the Prince of Peace, because God says so. It says, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he's pleased. That there's now the opportunity to have peace with God. Now, wherever these shepherds were, whatever their thinking was, wherever their journey had taken them, whatever the culture said about them, there was the opportunity to have peace with God. That's good news. Whenever there's a message, whenever God has doing something, he's got a messenger. Whatever a messenger comes with a message, that message is good news. Here's another thing you see in this snapshot, is that God's message always gets a response. Always, always, always. Whatever God says gets a response. It has so far in the birth story. Zechariah, the angel, comes and tells him he's going to be the father of John the Baptist. His reaction? He doubts. The angel comes to Mary, tells her, though, even though she's a virgin, she's going to conceive of God and have, have a child. What is her reaction? She surrenders. The angel comes to Joseph in a dream and tells him to marry Mary. Go ahead. Not put her away because she's pregnant, because that's from God. What's his response? He obeys. Everyone in the Christmas story is responding. Because whenever God gives a word, we always respond. There's always a response to it. The shepherd's response, all of this happens, they're amazed. They're, you've got to step into their shoes a little bit. They're going to be quite a bit overwhelmed and, and caught, off, caught off guard. And it says, as soon as the angels went away from them, the shepherds said to one another, let's go. That was their response. Let's go. I want you to see a little more of their response to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. They respond with faith. They believe that what the angel is true, said is true. They're not saying, let's go and see if this has happened. They're saying, let's go see this thing that has happened. So they're responding with action. They're responding in faith. And it says in verse 16, and they went with haste. They, they gave an instant obedience, an instant response. Warren Risby says this is the original Christmas rush. They, they rushed from where they were down to try to find where that baby was, where the sign was. The, the shepherds are sure of this. It's happened. Let's respond. Let's act on it. It's interesting when it says in verse 15, the shepherds said to one another, it's great when the people that hear from God with you encourage you to respond to it. So they encouraged each other's faith. They encouraged each other's response. Let's do this together. Some of you might be watching in places where you are the only one, maybe in your family or in your circle of friends, who are giving all to following Jesus. You might have a bunch of Christian friends, but be the only one who's passionately living this out. Here are the shepherds. They give a response because God's message always, always has a response. I find the most lethal response is when people say to me, that's interesting, that was interesting today. Or something like, hey, that was a good message. Because I feel like those things don't really say that they're wrestling with what God is calling for in a response. Are you going to change? Are you going to stop? Are you going to start? Are you going to re you know, reformat the way you think? Whatever those responses are we're supposed to have, it's more than interesting. I hope it's more than good. I hope it does more than keep you awake. This morning, I, I hope it does more than keep you watching. I hope it stirs something within you that you've heard from God, and now you know you've got to do what He says. You've got to go in the direction that He goes. That's what, that's what they did. 
Remember Jesus told that story one time about two sons. Father tells the boys what to do. One son says, I'm not going to do that. And he goes off. But then eventually he thinks, yeah, I'm going to. And he comes back and he does what the father told him to do. The other son said to him, Father, you're right. I'm going to do that. But then decides not to. And Jesus says to the leaders, which son do you think pleased the father? Yeah, it's the son that came back and did what they were supposed to do. You know, delayed obedience, that's just disobedience. All those things that, this isn't a good time for me. I'm going to start that tomorrow. A lot of times that never becomes obedience. It becomes disobedience. It's a response, just not the right response. So, so in this snapshot of what we see going on with these shepherds, you see these things of how God always works. He always sends a messenger with a message. That message is always good news. Messengers always tell good news. That's why, that's why it says, tell them the hope that's within you. Uh, God's message always gets a response. God's message gives the opportunity for a moment. God's message creates the opportunity to have a moment. And so these shepherds, they take in that scene. They go in, and there is Mary and Joseph. And there's the Messiah, the baby Messiah who's been born. That They never thought they'd have an opportunity to see. A shepherd? Are you kidding? He would be born in Jerusalem, and all the religious people would surround him, and they would make sure they get stayed far away from him. But here they get this moment to see the step of God's plan. They've been waiting and waiting and waiting. Probably so many people have just lost hope that the Messiah would really would come. And here he is. They get to experience that moment. And it says that in verse 18, the people wondered. They had a sense of wonder. You can see that word show up when Jesus is 12 and his parents go back to find him at the temple in Jerusalem. And it says, you know, people are amazed at his teaching and his parents wondered how he knew that, that God was his father. The disciples are going to use this word after Jesus stills the wind and the waves that they were astonished. That's another way this word can be translated. You're going to see it when Jesus walks in the room through the walls after his resurrection. You're going to, they're going to talk about They're going to use this word. They were astonished. They, they just were in wonder at him. And here it is again. That it creates this moment. It creates this moment. They found everything just the way that it was supposed to be. Here it is. Just the way that it was told. It was true. It worked. When you respond to God's message and, 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 and what it is that he's saying to you, you have the opportunity to have a moment with him. Wow, this works. Oh, God showed up. God came through. We miss this piece a lot because if you don't respond the right way, you're going to miss this moment. And so many people flatline in their relationship with Jesus or they just go through the motions or they give up because they don't have these moments. And so often we don't have these moments because we're not responding in obedience, uncomfortable obedience, the way God is looking for us to do that. Hey, one other element of this snapshot with the, the shepherds and how they just show us how God always works. It's a unique moment, but it's showing us how God always works. God's message is always passed on. It is always passed on. So look at this in verse 17. And when they saw it, they made known the saying which had been told them. Someone was writing and saying, can you imagine that, the, the group of them? Shepherds are telling Mary and Joseph what they saw, what happened to them. 
Mary and Joseph are telling the shepherds their experience. Mary's telling them about the angel visiting her. Joseph is telling them about the dream that he had and the instruction there. What are they doing? They're strengthening each other's faith and passing that on. That's why it says in verse 18, And all who heard it wondered. Now they're talking outside of that little circle of the three of them in the manger where the other people had come in because they'd heard a baby was born and because they because there was a, a buzz around, whatever that is, the more people were knowing. And in verse 20, the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen. They just kept passing it on. If you're a shepherd at that time, don't you think you spend the rest of your life telling people about that moment? Did I ever tell you about you pass it on? They don't keep it to themselves. They know that would be wrong. Remember that Old Testament story about the lepers? The Assyrian army was, had put the city of Jerusalem under siege for so long that people inside the city were, were dying, almost resorting to cannibalism. These lepers say to themselves, listen, we should just turn ourselves into the Assyrians. In a best case scenario, they're going to give us food and we're not going to starve. In a worst case scenario, they kill us. But if we stay in the city, we're going to die anyway, so let's go. So they go out to the Assyrian camp and find out that everyone has left, that the Assyrians have heard, have heard something and they all took off in a hurry and left their camp, left all their food, left all their supplies, left everything. So the lepers are doing what any of us would do. They are just stuffing their faces and eating and eating. And then suddenly one of them says, wait a minute, this isn't right. This is a day of good news. That's what they say in 2 Kings 7-9. This is a day of good news. It's not right for us to keep this to ourselves. Why is that? Because when God works, his message is always passed on. It's always supposed to be passed on. So this is what they're passing on. Hey, God spoke to us. The Messiah has come. God is doing something. He's doing something new. What God has said played out to be true. That's part of what they pass on. You've got to see or hear or try this. They're just passing that on. You pass it on, what you find out in your life to be real or true or, or works for you. That's what you do with it. Now when I say that this element of the birth story is a snapshot of how God works, when I say that this unique moment is typical of every moment that God works, we need to pick up on that. Because you and I have the opportunity to be involved in what God is doing. If you're involved as a follower of Jesus, you're involved in a church family as, as he lays out for you to be in, in the word and how that unfolds. If you're following him, you're going to have moments like this. You're going to see these moments where God is working because that's what he does. He uses you and I to extend the work that he's doing. So you're going to see these same things happen in your experience. God is going to send a messenger with a message. Noah was a messenger. Moses was a messenger. The prophets, the apostles... Can you receive this morning, even from home, that I'm a messenger with a message? Can you receive that when you talk to a friend or when you're sharing Jesus with someone and you're speaking a message from the Lord, that you're his messenger, whether you're just encouraging someone with a verse, whether you're, whether you're trying to process, help a person walk through the truth of the gospel, you are a messenger. God always sends a messenger with a message. The messenger has good news. Whatever it is you and I are sharing with people, whatever the next step we're trying to get them to take, uh, we're trying to get them 
to embrace good news, even if it starts out with bad news. We're trying to get them to embrace the good news. That's why, as I said, 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be ready to give people an answer for the hope that's within you. Something positive that's within you. So even if you have to correct someone or, or exhort someone, we do that in the context of good news. You can always turn back. God is ready to receive you back. God is ready to pour good things back into your life. It always is a message with good news. You have to understand that the message always gets a response. This message to the shepherds is so amazing that the angels respond to it. I can't think anywhere else in the Bible that happens. There are plenty of places in the Bible where an angel shows up with a message, but this is the only one where a whole group of angels then pick it up and just find the message so amazing that they burst into this, this song, Glory to God in the Highest, where that goes. It always gets a response. Don't let your response to this message be, well, that was interesting. His home looks kind of nice for Christmas. That's, you know, the shepherds, I always enjoyed them. Step into what God's doing and respond. Maybe it's your quiet time. Maybe what's your, what you read earlier this morning. Maybe it's something that God's been speaking to you for a while about to do. Respond well. Responding is always part of the message. And then his message always creates an opportunity to experience a moment with him. To experience what's true, what works, and where you see God at work. He's inviting you into that. He's giving you that now. He's giving you the opportunity to step into a moment that he's doing and he's giving other people around you the opportunity to see what God can do in you. How great is that when somebody around you says, boy, do I see God changing you? Boy, do I see a change? Or, or what's up with you? Maybe they don't know your relationship with God. You seem different. What's going on? It gives you a moment, an opportunity to experience that moment. And then this last part is so, so important. God's message is passed on. That's where we often break it down. God's message should never stop with you. His message should never stop with you. Jesus commissioned us, as the last thing he did before he went back to heaven, to go and to make disciples and to teach them and to take his message and to pass it on and pass it on. Remember Peter and John when they were arrested? We can't help but tell the things that we've seen. We can't help it. We have to pass it on. Passing it on because it's from God and it's affected you. And because you know that it's true. It's true, it's true, it's true. And it's the only truth. And so we have to pass it on. So here's this snapshot. What happens with the shepherds? That's just God giving us a picture of what he always does. And then inviting us into that. So recognize this moment. Recognize that this unique moment, it's typical of any moment where God works. And God is always looking to work for us. So surrender your moments to him and be ready for that. Acknowledge that and pass it on. Hey, thanks. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you even allow us to have moments with you. Thank you for that moment with the shepherds and for this moment right now. What you do in God, we believe is true. We believe you are the Savior of the world. In this moment, I pray that people would receive you as Savior. I pray that they would acknowledge that they need to be saved and forgiven and be made right with God and that they would receive you as the Savior of the world for which you've come. I pray, God, that we would receive your word as your word through whomever you speak it to us. Receive it as true. Respond well. Get a moment with you, God, and then pass this thing on.
Bless us as we commit ourselves to passing this thing on. We pray that in the beautiful name of Jesus. Amen.